1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 119 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. Proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network or the DAP network, if you will. And of course, we will because Daddy Russ says we have to. With me tonight, we've got the co-host with the most host. We've got uh, Scott Sidlow. How you doing tonight,
2: Scott? dude i'm so glad we're recording on wednesday night we were just talking about that and uh but i'll tell you what's even better is our guest so i'm stoked to record with him absolutely anytime yeah if you've already if you've got this
1: in your podcast stream because it's not live if you've got this on your stream you know who we got tonight it's the one and only joe pisapia from fantasy pros how are you tonight joe i'm great i'm the reason
3: you're recording on wednesday because i'm difficult and i i will only you, work Joe. a certain number of hours and days no but seriously i appreciate you guys working <laughs> around my schedule and uh it's hard to to do in season guest spots but yeah. for you guys i love you both i enjoy the show appreciate i enjoy it. both of you so i'm happy to be here hanging out and talking football cuz uh nope. cuz we can and it's week 9 so it's a perfect time to start looking long term and start talking about more dynasty stuff at this point yes
1: <clears throat> yes no and and there was actually a funny tweet on twitter uh, uh, the Twitter machine this week that was like, hey, uh, if I'm rebuilding in Dynasty, you're doing it wrong. Like, what, no, if you're or if you're rebuilding in Redraft, you're doing it wrong. Like, no, rebuilding only happens in Dynasty. Like, I've heard some people in Redraft leagues that say like, hey, I need to pivot. I'm rebuilding in my Redraft league. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're done. It's over. Like the only way you can really rebuild is if you're in i I've never system.
3: heard anyone say that. I,
1: somebody brought it up in my and, and again re-draft? on the Twitter machine, and I was like, "That's hilarious." No, just try better next year. It's Retooling,
3: over. I could say.
1: Uh, or if maybe. you're if you're three and Your four, mindset. maybe that's the rebuild, right? Like if you're in the middle <laughs> and you try to, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Point being, we're in, we're dynasty junkies. We talk dynasty year round, and that's why we're glad to have you on, Joe, because we know you've got a lot of good insights on dynasty, uh, and we're really excited to have you. I know, obviously, with the season, everybody gets kind of crazy, so no live show this week, but it's probably for the best. We can all go to sleep early on Thursday for the first time in a while. But before we get into that, I gotta be honest. We got to talk about our our, our promo or sponsor, uh, which again, Manscaped is the new spo- a sponsor for Dynasty Junkies. Been the sponsor for a few months. Uh, Support for Dynasty Junkies is brought to you by Manscaped. Joe, you've read this I'm sure a few times in your life. You're one of the best hosts I've ever seen. I have my own
3: promo code.
1: Correct. I, do you want to give your promo code? We can kind of merge promo codes. If you want. Well, I don't, I don't want
3: to steal your revenue. No, I won't do that. I want. Uh, is you there to revenue? Get
1: I, we haven't been given any revenue, so that's there must be
3: because but... they are, they sponsor a ton of crap. So I mean, they do,
1: they do. I think it's um, just whoever puts in a four letter word. Product. Get in there Honestly, it sells itself. I, I love them. The Lawnmower
3: 4.0 is a brilliant uh, tool.
1: Good. We sell say it every week. We talk about uh, it every week. Our listeners <laughs> are sick of hearing about it. But use the code I do Junkies seasonal at checkouts. Andrew,
3: that's what I do. So like <laughs> yesterday, I, I literally just did one this morning for it, it was it was Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, making sure it was something to the effect of, oh, what was it? You know, it was um, we're getting to the point where, you know, it's time for Thanksgiving dinner and all the trimmings. And speaking of trimmings, will you trim yes. yourself because you're out of control, <laughs> yes. blah, 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 that kind of stuff? You know, uh, you want anybody to really wow. blow your horn of cornucopia, you really uh. want to make sure and, and they let me do it. And it's funny because it's <laughs> almost like a challenge now of how much I can get away with. And I love the products. They're great. They send yeah. them to me all the time. Phenomenal. And it's easy. But every time, everybody just laughs and no one ever says anything to me. So every time I get one, I, like the Halloween one was really dirty. Like I just, I keep pushing the envelope from waiting to someone to say, I can't say that. But so far, I, they just let me go. But That's it's why great. we love Manscaped. you, Joe. You, you don't have a
1: Com? filter and Manscaped yeah. doesn't okay. either. Let's be honest, like Manscaped, their read which I think is, again, which is brilliant. Uh, over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. If my math is correct, that's about 14 million balls. Like, they're talking about balls in their read. Like, they're not yeah. going to be upset with this, right? So, again, to wrap this up in a nice um, uh, manicured package, use the code oh, Junkies at good. checkout. Yeah. For 20% off and free worldwide shipping. If you're listening to this and you haven't bought any of the manscaped products yet, I don't know what you're doing. Just go
3: just trust me, it's, worth it. it's worth it. The Lawnmower 4.0 is the greatest trimmer ever. Just it is. It's got a light. Sometimes I just you know like to turn all the lights off, light a couple of candles, and just manscaped because that little light's just enough. <laughs> it's strong enough. You just and have one. You and of I are so wine
1: similar except good. for the bald head, we're identical. <laughs> I'm telling you what, that's, that's same. Same. My wife hates it, but it's totally worth it. But let me get into this. Now that we're done with the Manscaped read and the Manscaped, if you're listening, we love you, obviously. Uh, keep sponsoring. You're doing terrific. But I want to get into some of these these headlines from this week. And I got to be honest. Um, I know you guys broke this down on the Fantasy Pros podcast. We haven't really we do this every week. We haven't really had a chance to talk about it yet. Mm-hmm. These trades this week were crazy. I, this was the no the I, I'm not even I'm I'm willing to say this and not be crazy. This was the craziest year of NFL trade deadline trades we've seen ever. Joe, would you agree?
3: Well, yeah. Well, the CMC one caps it off. You know, that was the big one. It didn't happen on the deadline day, but it happened before. So whenever you get, you know, especially in fantasy circles, theoretical oh, yeah. top three player moving, yep. that's huge. And moving to a system, it was a no-brainer. I mean, I have been talking about it on Fantasy Bros. I talked about it on ITL, where we did a whole trade scenario. We did, like, a whole half hour about Trish- Christian McCaffrey and why, basically, I thought it was the San Francisco 49ers or bust. Yeah. And I, I kept always going back to the same few things, which is it's this offense is tailor-made for him. They've been running all these different running backs the last couple of years off the off the scrap heap. But it's time for the 49ers to go all in. You're in the Super Bowl, you lose, you go to the NFC Championship game, you lose. You have somehow you bring back Jimmy Garoppolo and it works out because Lance gets hurt and your season's not done. You might as well just push all the chips into the middle and go not to mention the fact that it's not like the McCaffrey's and the Shanahan's don't go far back. And this was something I was saying before True. it was cool yeah. to say it on NFL network. You can go back and check the receipts if you will about it, which is like Ed McCaffrey was, you know, Mike Shanahan's one of favorite dudes and look, He was yeah. a great player. Um, So, you know, that stuff does matter. If you think it doesn't, then like, just think about regular life work. And who works for who and who knows this person and how you get jobs and someone who gets you an opportunity to like that's how the world works. So, of course, yeah. there's familiarity with people, with football people, especially. And the system is a really good situation for him. And I'm somebody that was fading McCaffrey going into the season because of the injuries. And I'd rather have Jefferson. Okay. Everybody knew that. But now that he's a 49er, he's in a unique position in Dynasty where I think that his value now, I think, holds for another year or two and a higher plateau. Because this is a system that's tailor made for him because he's in a great, great spot here. And in some ways, it might be better with Garoppolo because Garoppolo can only throw the ball five yards like that. <laughs> that's like the perfect yeah. thing for him. And, and it hurts Debo because the intermediate passing routes are something that look the 49ers offense has been quick slant, quick slant, quick. That's all they do for years now. And now throwing a guy like McCaffrey in there, you're taking away carries from Debo, you're taking away those intermediate routes from Debo. So that really hurts his value, I think, personally. But the CMC move to San Fran is a big one, and it does help sustain, I think, his value in Dynasty, where maybe you were thinking at the end of this year, you know, those first couple of weeks of Carolina, people are going, oh man, maybe I should start looking to get out. Now I think there's at least another year that you bought yourself, maybe even two, depending on how... They roll because that West is theirs for the taking because none of the other teams are really that good in all
1: all honesty. No, especially with the Rams, like having this weird Super Bowl hangover. Like, you know, they're they're not looking great at all. I I think, too, though, you hit the nail on the head here. And this is the point I wanted to make about the whole CMC trade. I was a little hesitant at first because I'm like, well, I don't know how they're going to use them. Yes, the narrative is built. The narrative is there. This is going to be an amazing move. Is it going to pan out? And I was like, I don't know. Like, he is still injury prone, and they're going to use him a lot. Well, he it's all about help through and ran and caught. Well, that's what I out. mean. Like, it's
3: an offense that's not yeah. afraid to use all the assets that Christian but McCaffrey brings.
1: Doesn't that also, and it, just to ask you this question, doesn't it also make you a little nervous for McCaffrey? If you're a McCaffrey manager in Dynasty, like, they're going to use him a lot. There is a pro and a con to that, though, right? Like, he's he's been injury he is- prone. He's been used a lot and been hurt. Doesn't that hurt your chances a little?
3: It is, and he can, and I'll say this, if you want to move him, my God, I can't imagine after last week, his value, the legend will only grow over the bye this week. Well, that's a great point, too.
1: Okay, so let's just do a quick poll, and I'll start with you on this one, Scott. Would you rather, in Dynasty, in Dynasty, in a startup right now, you've got the 101. Let's say it's a super flex, because quarterbacks are amazing, right? Josh Allen, Jamar Chase, or CMC. Let's even say Justin Jefferson, because Jamar Chase is hurt. Let's say Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson, or CMC. Josh Who are you Allen. taking one-on-one? Josh Allen. It's got to be.
3: Josh Allen. It's got to yep. be.
1: After Josh Allen, is there another quarterback you want over CMC or Justin Jefferson right now? Joe, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I still like Mahomes. I mean, that's if we're there. watching what this guy's doing here, he's 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 somehow rejuvenating Juju Smith-Schuster in the last two weeks. Like, I don't know how I even <laughs> – That's a know miracle that
2: was, in itself. That, that's yeah.
3: not a miracle. I don't know what is. Yeah. um and and who knows maybe this weird tony move <laughs> i mean look if next year tony and sky Moore develop into players that you think they're capable of being wow like that that could be a huge win there for yes yeah. but yeah he is that good i think we take him for granted because when kelsey been, he was so too. good yeah but look he's been he was so good out of the gate not a good like prolific that i think we almost take him for granted now but i think you have to go back to it and understand that he is special and uh tyree kill being out of there you know obviously it's not ideal but no i would still go with Mahomes. look quarterbacks are just better investments you know i can every year there's gonna be running backs you can find and cycle and and pick up and make deals for every year quarterbacks let's take the quarterback let's say it's It's a a one qb
1: league then let's get the quarterback because again that does change the value and it depends on how you want to play the super flex leagues let's say we go one qb then let's just cut it down let's say we got like cmc jonathan taylor who's struggled right and we had Brees hall who's on the on the on the tear to be in the top three. And he's now hurt. Unfortunately, you got Jamar chase. Who's hurt. Justin Jefferson underperforming. Like is CMC, the new 101 and one QB. I mean, what do you think Joe?
3: Um, that's a tricky one, right? It's a tricky one. Um, me personally, like in my roster construction, I want Jefferson. I want chase. I want the guys wide receivers just age better. If I'm making yeah. dynasty commitment, I want a player who's going to be good for three to five years to be my number one pick. And I think we with running can't backs, say
1: that about McCaffrey. You can't just, say that I, about running. We want
3: backs. to. Yeah. You stop. Yeah, I agree. You can't say about running backs, period. Yep. It's hard. I mean, Jonathan Taylor was all world last year. Right now, nobody knows what to do with him. They just fired the OC. They just changed the quarterback. Things are deteriorating very quickly around there. I know Brees Hall looked very good. Walker looks great. But look how quick, you know, all of a sudden Brees Hall with a knee. Boom. Next thing you know, like right now we're in that conversation where Barkley, McCaffrey, Walker, look, I've got atn Higher than most
1: people. Bijan Robinson, right? Like honestly, there's a lot of people that are putting him up there.
3: I'm telling you, like, and that's fair. And honestly, like, the sooner you get those guys, the better off you are. Which is why those early first round picks are so important. Where if you make your startup dynasties built around quarterbacks and built around wide receivers, then you can go and spend that early draft capital on the running backs, and you won't be disappointed. Because you're gonna get the younger guys and then you're gonna burn and churn them faster. Cause that's what the NFL does. It's time yeah. to start understanding you have to start running your teams where the NFL does. Because if they don't value the running back position, why are you valuing it at this point?
1: Well, and again, you just hit it too with Taylor. Like he was the guy last year. And it's one year later, he is now struggling with injuries, which again Nature of the position, like it's just we see this year after year. This isn't new information. ETN is
3: very exciting too. I got well, him higher rest of season than a lot of people do, but I think that guy's the next guy where you're like, wow, this could really ETN though there. it
1: worries me because he just looks fragile when he's running, he's fast. Don't get me wrong, but like he, he takes one hit wrong and his hip is gone. You know, like that that ruins careers. I'm just it, it's no Bijan is definitely that dude.
3: Like well, there's NFL's no doubt the about that, way, NFL's the same way NFL's the
1: same way. Like you're right. NFL's looking at this like there's so much, there's so much uh capital spent on a running back but there's not a lot of capital spent on a second contract and zeke is a prime case of why not mm-hmm. right Mixon, prime case of why not like these are running backs that had great rookie contracts and were dominating and then after they get out of the three or four or five well, this years was the same conversation
3: be... i was having last summer about ezekiel elliott but nobody yep. wanted to hear it it's well, it, when you get to the fifth and sixth year on these contracts and these running backs you have to start looking for the next guys you can't yep. keep going down. I don't care if they're established veterans. I don't care if they're Hall of Famer. I don't care. Well, like, Barkley's coming every Adrian, up on year five, right? Well, for when every Capri's Adrian coming Peterson, up on five,
1: like
3: you get, in that, who, in who in that cliff, who plays forever. You get 30 other guys who max out. It's one of the things, too, about Aaron Jones at Word, me going to this year. Kamara yep. Word, me going into this year a little bit. Kamara's a little different because Kamara is more of a pass catching guy. So his, he doesn't have the same kind of running between the tackles, higher floor mileage. Yeah. That some other guys did, but I think that's it's it's something you really have to look at seriously and understand, like Ken Walker, you've got him right now, right? But after that third year, you really should be looking if he lasts that long to so say, right. okay, let's let's get so ahead right. of the curve instead of behind ahead. it.
1: Yeah, yeah, Scott, what's your opinion on some of this? I know Joe and I've been kind of going back and forth. What's your opinion on this? Are running yeah, backs I mean, still the thing or do you like to go receiver in startups?
2: bottom line is second, you know, second contract. I'm selling them peak value. Let's, let's, let's move on. Let's get to the next guy. I can keep plugging, play those guys all the time. I mean, you said, you know, what would you do in a one quarterback league? Well, I wouldn't, because I wouldn't join one, but, uh, <laughs> if I, if I, uh, if I had that's to, um, I am always building around the receiver for me. That's just what I do. Um, you know, in super flex, it's going to be the quarterback and one quarterback, it's going to be the receiver. So. um yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much agree. I don't really have anything different to say, so I don't want to dwell on that. But um, yeah. essentially, I think CMC right now for like maybe the two shares that I, I still have, um, you know, I'm, I'm just looking to sell high. Let's maximize well, this. if, you, if I up.
3: gave you right now Ramondre Stevenson and a pick for CMC, you'd take that, wouldn't
2: you? First, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking, you know, yeah. mid 23 first, like I, I yeah. think it's, it's yeah, maybe I try to get you out a third or something like, you know, because
3: well, I mean, there was another situation yeah. too, where you knew that Damien Harris was not going to get a second contract with the Patriots. They never give a second contract. Well, yeah, and Stevenson showed you glimpses where he could do everything. And you knew that was going to be the case. And you want those guys when run heavy offenses, like Seattle, like New England, where, you know, they're going to run the football and play defense. And that's, you know, their M.O., That's what you're looking for, you know, and I I think I think that's the difference is, you know, it's really hard. It's I think it's easier for the people who are newer to fantasy as opposed to some of us have been playing a very long time because when you play for a very long time, you grew up with the Ladanian Tomlinson's of the world. You grew up with these guys who were good for, you know, forever and. And who crushed life and and these RBs, everybody started heavy RB because you knew they were gonna get three hundred carries. <laughs> like yeah. it's like we live in a different universe now. It's a different game. You have to evolve and it's a quarterback wide receiver league right now. And I think, you know, you're just much better making your big time investments there and then figuring running back out. Cause every year somehow there's ways to figure it out and patch it together.
1: You no, know, I know friend of the show, Scott Connor is a big proponent of this and saying like, you know, there is a there is a drop off at receiver after wide receiver 50 or so where you really shouldn't roster any of them because it doesn't matter. And then He's roster running back Non-brush 50 and 52 and 58 and 68 and 73 because those guys are going to rise up the ranks and we've yep. seen it over and over and over again. Like it happens without any sort of failure. It just it's it's brilliant. So, I'm with you 100%. I think that, that McCaffrey is still a risky asset at the 101. Uh, I think it may be the 104, 105, somewhere in there. I'm probably like, all right, I get it, and I want to win now. And you know, there's always this this logic too, in dynasty where you're like, I want to build the team forever, but there's something to be said for going all in in year one, right? Um, and again, we don't need to harp on this too much longer. We've talked about McCaffrey before, but there was one trade I found on the Dynasty Trade Finder on DLF that I thought was an interesting one to bring up. You mentioned Ramondre in a first. What about sending McCaffrey for Derrick Henry in a first? That feels like a hell of a price to pay to get McCaffrey in my opinion. Like I'd rather have Henry in the first. Like that's you're yeah, not only you're getting the first. I am too. I'm a Henry think,
3: guy. Yeah. You want to talk about built differently, that dude's yeah. built differently. He's a and machine, he's a monster. Is, and the nerds hate him because he doesn't catch enough passes. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, again, at the end of the day, he has touchdown oh. equity and yards or yards. Like I get it and and they're not wrong, but you know, that's also a team where I don't know if that's that that MO is going to change anytime soon. I don't I don't think they're yeah, moving can. away from it. Way. And if you ask me who's still standing in two years, Henry or McCaffrey, I would put money on Henry over McCaffrey physically.
1: To be honest, so would I, and that's kind of what I was going to say about this trade. Like yeah. this is much more of a, and again, nothing against the Ramondre in a first. I think that's actually pretty fair value in a way. Uh, well, I think Ramondre is
3: ascending. I think what? Ramondre is an all purpose back ascending. Who's Correct. also a physical back too. Like he does all the things you want catches the football, isn't afraid to mix it up. Runs hard. Has goal line raises. He's like a Marshawn Lynch light kind
1: of. Yes, you know, great way to put it. But I'm saying, like, if I get McCaffrey and I and I send Henry in a first for McCaffrey, like I'm going all in to win now. Like, that's really what that move is. And if I have McCaffrey, I'm gladly sending that for Henry in a first. It's not a move I think you should make. No, I think it's an odd trade. It's it's much more of the uh, it's the it's you get to send McCaffrey for win now and win later. Right. Because you're mm-hmm. getting that 23 first also, which could be a running back. So, again, I think we've 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 gone through the rabbit hole a little bit on this. There are a lot of other trades I want to get into. But I think McCaffrey is one of the you're right. Like, the McCaffrey is the trade this year that is kind of like the linchpin trade of the whole thing. And I think the way that it started out was like, you know, Carolina is rebuilding and they're kind of kicking things off and nobody is really going to send the fair price. And then San Francisco comes up and is and, and Shanahan was like, no, I want McCaffrey. I'm willing to pay for him. And they actually sent a pretty fair deal. And I think I'm with you like this is the prime case for McCaffrey to land. Like, I don't know if I could I I, I don't know if I could imagine a better spot for McCaffrey to land because McCaffrey no, and Shannon is spot. like, yeah, that that's that's gold. And that's gold, Jerry. That's gold. Like, you <laughs> know, to refer back to the 90s. But I also think you hit on this and I want to make sure we talk about this for a hot second. This does hurt Debo a little bit, right? Yeah. Like Debo to me is him a lot that- of it. Yeah, this was this is one of those things where Debo had some extra some extra kick because of his rushing ability and they they would find ways to get the ball in his hands. They don't need to do that now. That team doesn't need to run through Debo anymore. Debo is not the number one guy in that offense. It's McCaffrey. Now, you could argue in a weird like crutch argument kind of way, like we're going to make Debo the the pass catcher now and he's going to get 17 catches a game. And I don't see that happening, to be honest. Debo There's not also enough
3: targets from Jimmy Garoppolo in the well, style of offense to do that. Entirely true. Even happen. if
1: Lance is healthy next year, I'm not sure that's happening. Also, Debo's pretty fragile himself. He's out again, injured right now. Like, And there is some logic to this, too, where you know McCaffrey had a great week this week because Debo was out. And it's hard to you know really know that for sure. But I think, in a way, both Debo and CMC limit each other's upside differently, but they both limit each other's upside. And I think with Debo out, McCaffrey took full advantage. And this is the prime week. If you have McCaffrey, like Scott said, sell him. This is the probably one of the highest you're going to get from McCaffrey. Because it is entirely possible that he goes out next week, three carries for eight yards and gets hurt and is out six weeks. Like He has done this before, and I don't mm-hmm. want to make it sound like he's going to. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not wishing it into existence. I'm just saying, as we said before, the running back position is fragile. Like, go I think get I think some the, more the I think the key
3: here is is the phrase if this is the week where you could get somebody to overpay for McCaffrey. Yes, I think overpay is the key. It's not that you're trying this, to get rid of him. Right. It's not you're trying to trade him. This is the week where if you want to put him out there and just cash in the chips, you're going to get blown away. and And you'll have all this week to do it. And next week, because the folklore yep. of that. Oh my God, three touchdowns. It was unbelievable. He threw one, he caught he one, he were everything. My God. Yeah. He realized, I think he kicked a field goal in that game. He had a two point conversion. It was unbelievable. I'm telling you he right now. He coached the
1: team himself. He coached the you team.
3: Know, yeah. He ended up, he, he, he drew the lines on the field. It was, he was <laughs> everything.
1: But uh, this is the
3: time where you can get somebody to overpay. And, and you can do that in dynasty because there's yes. that, there's that thing of the people who are trying to win now. And if you're one of those teams, that's middling and you have CMC and you could rebuild your entire team and get two first rounds where you can get like a whole well, if
1: you
4: Henry can change the,
3: first,
1: the complexion of your future Look, you're not losing you're not, right. losing if you're your not a contender this the
4: time, yeah right. mm-hmm. yeah
1: no i completely yeah. agree so let's pivot into another trade scott i know there have been a bunch of trades this week we i have them on the show sheet obviously and we can get into all of them but i don't think that's helpful which trade do you want to talk about next scott what was the next one that was like for dynasty with had your eyebrows higher than most
2: uh well obviously as i'm out on the golf course as this is uh, happening on a Tuesday, um, you know, and my phone's blowing up, and you know my favorite wide receiver Chase Claypool uh, gets traded to my favorite team, the Chicago yeah. Bears. I mean, this obviously caught my.
4: I knew that was going to be your pick.
2: Yep. Um, you know, listen, guys, if you have any shares of Chase Claypool, you should probably sell high because his value is—he's—he's he's about now. He goes the worst. You went from Pittsburgh to Chicago. Yeah, that's pretty much where receivers go to die. Unless you're Moose and Muhammad, <laughs> uh, you know, this, this puppy's over, baby. So he's already a Moose diva. Now, we got listen,
4: a Moosen reference look
2: reference. He up. went to Notre Dame. So that's, you know, just right down the street here. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, I guess, good job
4: getting fields a weapon.
2: But, uh, yeah, I, like, there is no one. Listen, the pick they gave up is going to be a high second. So, yeah, there's just they they could have easily just gotten another guy. Like, I I don't I it doesn't make any sense to me. So if there's any sort of uh, I have seen a few trades of him in league. So I would just go out there and and go ahead and take what you can. So,
1: well, here's what I wanted to say about Claypool. And I had a feeling you were going to bring it up as a Bears fan. And I know your love slash hate for Claypool, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, albeit they're not great. They were 22nd in the league in passing. Right, they're ahead of teams like the Rams, who we talked about, who are doing poorly, the Raiders, the Ravens, the Cowboys. Like these teams that are supposed to be good are passing less often. Guess who's last in the league in passing? The Chicago Bears, don't need to they're guess. the worst team in the NFL this season for passing. So, this is why I put out a tweet where I was like, I think this might be down for Claypool. And everybody's like, I think this opens him up It's his best quarterback he's ever played with, like he's going to be the number one. And I'm like, on the worst passing offense I don't think it matters like I don't care about any of that like if you're the biggest, the biggest winner from this trade is pie, Pat what are we doing?
3: that's yeah. the biggest well, winner for and, and,
1: and maybe pickens, there, you go. there you maybe Pickens,
4: not you pickens.
3: pickens is change, already Pickens but not is the biggest Fryermuth. winner because I because agree. when you get to the red zone when you get to those like the big bodied guy in the middle when you start clearing out target share Fryer becomes the guy that's the biggest winner in Dynasty exactly. now that that's moved on from because exactly, yeah. Deontay is already getting paid Pickens is obviously an emerging star, but it was that, OK, who's that third option? Who's that red zone guy? Who's that guy that's going to have more touchdown equity? And that's the dude. Claypool is not the winner.
1: <laughs> no. Well, and, and let me put it to you this way. This, this is a different direction to saying the same thing. In, in all honesty, I also kind of see this hurting Deontay because he's already been struggling. Anyway, Deontay has not performed what we thought he was going to perform.
3: I'm gonna give the and I, I said this on the show too. I want to see the Steelers after the buy. Kenny yeah. Pickett got thrown to the absolute lions, not even the wolves, the lions, uh, and not the team. He you oh, know, the, the um, Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. <laughs> I, I wish he would get thrown to the lions. Yeah. Then I would – poor Kenny yeah.
4: Pickett. That'd be a trade, he would it? To, oh my god!
3: Play the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Then you got to go play. The like Jets defense is pretty good. They had to play the freaking Eagles. Eagles. I mean, yep. like after this, you know, I know they play Baltimore twice still. And I know yep. they just made a big acquisition on, on defense. But but look at the rest of the teams they play.
4: They're all Atlanta, much more winnable.
3: Carolina. They play Atlanta, Carolina, yeah. even Cincinnati. Yeah. Like, especially now that Awuzie is out for the year. Oh. They have an opportunity here where Kenny Pickett can take oh. a breath oh. and uh, put some ice on himself and actually go and – regroup a little bit and come back out. And I think that the I'm fascinated to see the Pittsburgh Steelers you get for the next eight weeks, because the Pittsburgh Steelers I think for the next eight weeks might be surprisingly good and surprisingly better than we think. And I've always been, I always thought Kenny Pickett got a little bit of a raw deal. I understand all the reasons why people were concerned with him. I'm not saying he's perfect, but I'm saying this kid had the worst possible potential start. And I still think it was the right call. Tomlin made a hard choice. Yeah. He made the right choice. There was no going with Mitchell Trubisky. It was not happening. You made the choice. I give him a lot of credit. And I give Pickett a lot of credit because I think he showed a lot of toughness because these were these were not good situations. I think he's got good. And there's a chance where Najee's value comes up a little bit, Deontay's value comes up a little bit, Pickens continues to grow. And I think clearing Claypool out is a good thing. Let's simplify everything. Let's let's give him an extra time to prepare. Give him a little time to clear his head and some easier opponents. I think people will be like that's one of those offenses in the second half in redraft leagues. I'd be looking to kind of yes. quietly pick some pieces off. But yep. even in Dynasty, I think the same goes because I don't think it's gonna get worse. I only think it's gonna get better.
1: Well, here. So let me let me piggyback on that and kind of say exactly what you said in a different format is go trade for <laughs> go trade for Fire go trade yeah. for Johnson. Like these, All and they're them. on buy too, yes. which is buy a prime them. case yeah, to go yeah, get them. Go acquire 100%. these guys because you can send like, listen, this is going to sound a little bit odd, but they're all by lows.
3: Every single one of them is exactly. at bottom value. Send
1: Hawkinson for Friar plus, right? Oh. Hawkinson just got traded to the Vikings. Like he's this new thing. And oh my God, we don't know what that's going to look like. I'd much rather have Friar the rest of the season. The Hawkinson straight up. And if I can get a piece on top of that winner, right? I'd much rather have Slightly
3: better Kyle Rudolph, <laughs> oh well that's
1: just me now come on
3: i don't think that's true but i i know what they're saying which is i just don't know productivity wise i don't know how much more there is left in that offense for him
1: that's what i'm gonna say like in in the vikings offense i don't know how this helps hawkinson like i think in general it's it's better for hawkinson to be off the one in six lions like i don't think that's ever gonna be a bad thing to leave a one in six team where it's Jared Goff is your quarterback and they're not scoring points like they should. I think that's, it can only help you in a way we're talking about that with, uh, with Claypool, but I'm looking at this like, well, this helps Hawkinson, but he was already pretty bad before this. This is, this is the prime time to sell high end Hawkinson. We don't know what this is going to look like. Like, yes, they leaned on Irv Smith a little bit, but Irv Smith is not Hawkinson. And I'll be honest Justin Jefferson is out there still looking for targets. This is hurting Thielen more than anybody, adding Talkinson, I don't yeah, think Thielen's KJ Osborne. I mean, yeah. but I don't even like, know if I, don't hurts them. I just Justin think Justin Jefferson. It might help I just Justin think, Jefferson, but honestly, I'm just, I'm nervous I just think
3: it's like no. you, you just they needed a tight end. He was yeah. available. Irv Smith was out. They were just covering their rear end. I really don't well, think well, it's I anything also, more to look into.
1: I also feel right. like this is one of those trades, and I think we're all in of dynasty leagues. We've seen this happen where you send an offer that's like not laughable, but like not something you think is going to get accepted and they accept without a counter. And you're just like, Oh, um, I got TJ Hawkinson on my team. That's the Vikings right now. They're like, Oh, okay, cool. I guess yeah. that was enough. Like, all right. I didn't need him, but okay, we're good. Like, I'm not going to say no. Like I sent the offer. Um, but at the same time, my point where I was getting at with this is like the the Steelers offense is trending up. I do believe that they're going to get better. And I'm with you, Joe. I want to see them come out of this buy and see what they they look like. Um, Again, I'm just looking at the pro pro football reference. uh, The only game that their offense was positive on expected points, as in like they scored more points than they were supposed to, was against the Buccaneers when they won 20 to 18, which was a crazy game. I remember that game. It was nuts. Like that game should never like Tom Brady was livid. I think that probably caused the breakup of him and Giselle because he's like, I just lost to the Steelers. It's over. My career is <laughs> over. I'm done. I'm breaking up with you, Giselle. But What I'm getting at is every other game, the Steelers offense is negative on the expected points, as in they are now scoring under their expected points. That's weird to me. Like this offense is going to blow up. I do believe that. And yeah, so what I'm getting at in rough. all of this is. So,
2: uh, the line's still rough. So well, they got true. An
1: and Najee so. Harris has not shown up. He's been hurt. There's a lot of question marks on that team. But Pickett, I think,
2: gets it together. Look, at if the, the end Steelers of the season, go in the off-season, and...
3: he won if they address the offensive line, they're going to be a much better team. As long
2: year. as they don't do it like the Bengals, then yes. Listen, the Bengals no, they, they, they
3: need to go and issues. use a premium and look, they're going to have a good draft pick, probably a decent one for alignment <sighs> and yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers. If they go out there and get themselves a tackle, if they go out there and really yeah. do it right, you know, and maybe one key signing, you're, you're going to be in a good spot there. I'm just saying yep. like pick it, had the worst possible potential starting <laughs> schedule for yeah. a quarterback. Well, it's a I wonder he got it. his. was got. Go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm buying too. I'm with you. The only the, the, one of the trades I wanted to bring up and we don't have to harp on this too much was kind of the the trade in a sense where it was Hines for Moss. Now, granted they were not it was not the same trade, right? The Colts traded Hines to the Bills and then I feel like maybe differently maybe I'm wrong, but the Bills traded Moss to the Colts. And I feel like they were the same trade, but different trades. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think this was really like the Colts thinking Moss is the guy and they're upgrading. They're just like, yeah, we'll take Moss. I don't know. Why they're just not? taking a body
3: back. The yeah, Colts are they're the taking, next they're taking a code. running back
1: back. And again, we've all done that trade in Dynasty two, where it's like, yeah, I'll take a running back back. But really, the pick is the trade. Uh, and then again, Heinz yeah. to the Bills, though, I, I do think that's a big deal. I think the Heinz on the Bills could be a league winner. Scott, what do you think about Heinz mm-hmm. right now?
2: Is that, is that weird, though? After, like, they just had the bye, they came out, they featured James Cook a little, they spent the high pick on him. So it's like, I know they tried to get McKissick last year, but then they were like, okay, well, we didn't get him. Well, let's use this pick on Cook. And, like, Cook is exactly – he might actually be a little better. See, I don't think it's – More think of that's a running back, right. but Hines is a better, like, pass. He's that proven guy. He's got, like, 300 receptions. Yeah. I mean, you know what you're getting. This
3: is, this is a replacement but, for Jose McKenzie in the slot is what Heinz okay.
2: is that's a, okay. that's a,
3: because yeah, because Heinz works in this lot and if you go if you remember a couple weeks ago I said this on the show too so I'm repeating myself but it's I believe this is where this all stems from in that Kansas City game remember he dropped that touchdown mm-hmm. he dropped another key pass in that game
2: yeah look they went into the he year with Crowder
3: in. and McKenzie out of that slot and they were like, "Okay, we're gonna get something out of this we didn't get McKissick we drafted James Cook we're gonna try to get somebody who can fill that kind of role. And I think when McKenzie dropped those two balls and put that game in peril, and he did with those two drops, that they said we can't have this happen in the playoff game. And they yeah. went out there and they got a guy like Naeem Hines who's really good. And yeah. Naeem Hines had a good college career too. And Na'im Hines can you can work around the red zone too. He's little and shifty. You know what you're
2: getting. You know you know you what you're
3: getting and I think that you're going to see him in the slot a lot. I th- I don't think okay. he's a detriment look whatever cook is or isn't going to be it's not going to be this year. But right. it's McKenzie. True. I true, think true. right now that that's okay. the guy that like he, he, that's his replacement. <laughs> as far as in my world, anyway, I don't know what you guys think of it. That's
1: why. Well, I, that no, it's also our, the our, kick our, returning too. That McKenzie was a kick returner, and Hines is a great kick returner. So I think you're you're on the right page here. I think well, they could just they could still have entire...
3: McKenzie return the kicks. I got he's explosive and fast and shifting and all that stuff. And sure, if you sure. got Hines, you probably want to protect him a little bit more. No, I, but I, I think that's the other thing too. If you're gonna have McKenzie do that. Although it's not like you know, (laughs) I I guess at the end of the day, they've somehow continuously wanted to fill that role, and they have. Now it's a matter of is Josh Allen going to do it on the field because he's a very aggressive quarterback. So can you can you make that shift in focus if you're Josh Allen? Because if they do, I don't know how you stop Buffalo. I mean they're already really good, but I really don't know how to stop them because then they can beat you deep, they can beat you over the middle, they can run the football. Josh Allen's going to run down your throat too. It is tough. It's a lot
1: to stop. Yeah. Bill, Bills are going to be tough anyway. And that's why I think this is kind of more like them reloading in a way like this was more of a position of want than need. Um, Obviously they had Singletary Moss and cook and none of them were really studs and Heinz doesn't fix that problem. Heinz is not the stud running back. That's just going to fit in there and be their guy. I, I don't think anybody expects that. I just think that you're kind of saying what, what I was thinking too, like what they want after McKenzie, they want, a Sorry, uh, McKissick, and they wanted somebody mm-hmm. they could run out of the backfield, and just right. Moss wasn't that guy. Clearly, uh, Cook doesn't. They wanted somebody to like... run in
3: the backfield, catch passes, but also work in the slot because yes. you know it,
1: it, it's why they went after Emmanuel
3: Sanders last year too.
1: Yep, they keep right. trying
3: to fill this with Crowder role too, and they yeah, right. Well, I said yeah, I said Crowder right. was that guy yep. in the beginning of the year yep. with like, McKenzie, and I said He's okay, and hurt. then Crowder got yep. hurt, and yep. I, McKenzie had his opportunity, had his moments, and I think that Kansas City game was very telling. Because it you can't, those are the games that set you up to, to you know, the difference between you having a buy and not playing home playoff games as opposed to road playoff games. So they it came did. away with a W, but that game got real close at the end, real quick. Yep. And if you go back and you remember, those are the moments where oh, he 100%. fell short and you can't yeah. have that and they're not going to win. You can't have that happen in January. That's the problem. Yeah.
1: No, I agree with you. And I think that yeah. the point of what yeah. I was getting at is that Hines is an upgrade for the Bills and therefore it's an upgrade for Heinz's value in Dynasty. Right. So let's look at this and sure. say it a different way. Let's say you have Heinz in Dynasty. Like, I for instance, I have one roster where I had Taylor and Heinz on my team because I'm like, I if Taylor doesn't play, Heinz is going to be the clear beneficiary and I'm going to start him. But if Taylor's starting, I'm probably not starting Heinz. Now I'm starting both, which again, we're not guaranteed Taylor is going to start. I'm just saying, like, if they're if if Heinz is playing for the Bills. His value is much more valuable than it was as a backup, so to speak, or, you know, part time player for the Colts, which is a terrible offense. Bills are significantly better offense. So this has got to be upgrade for Hines. On Mm -hmm. the other side of that Moss. I mean, there are very few people left in the fantasy industry that still believed in Moss. Let's put it that way. There there is not a lot of people out there that are like Zach Moss is the answer. Uh, Him going to the Colts doesn't change that. Right, like I don't think anybody out there is like, well, this is this is going to free Zach Moss. No, no, this isn't going to free Zach Moss. This is more of Zach Moss being a throw-in on a trade. So I'm looking at it more like Heinz up, Moss probably down. I, I mean, again, his, Moss was already pretty low. It's hard to be lower than that. Um, yeah, but again, Scott, how many guy shares guy. of Zach Moss do you think you have in
2: your leagues? Any? Um, <laughs> yeah, I have a handful. I mean, I picked them up off waivers. You know, yeah, So I mean, I so you that. know, yeah. like I just you know, just in put case you. Yeah. a few stashes out there because I didn't know it was going to happen with that uh, change of OC there and whatever. And we'd see what happens, you know? So yeah, I'll hang on to them just like, you know, the 15 other, you know, backup <laughs> running backs out there. Like, that's fine. Exactly. I'll have a few. I doubt it's going to give them any sort of bump, but you know, if somebody wants to give me a third, I'll take it, you know?
1: Amen to that. All right. Well, Joe, any other trades you want to get into tonight? Any other you yeah, know, big big Calvin, Ridley um, Calvin Ridley one is fascinating. Calvin Ridley is yeah. fascinating.
3: Get into that. Uh, that because it is <laughs> it's not a redraft, right? No, <laughs> it, it is
4: a dynasty. Yeah, trade. that's right. So that's
3: right. it kicks Christian Kirk into the role he should be in, which is very good wide receiver two territory, where he's facing secondary corners. He's not facing the top guys. Calvin Ridley has an opportunity to bounce back, show his worth. Now it's always hard. You don't know what you're getting with a player what shape he's in a year off of football. Cal Ridley came off some very good years there towards the end. He was playing with a capable quarterback. So it's it's a fascinating situation. I am kicking the tires to see because there's always that new car smell. There's always that renewed sense of vigor. And look, I still believe in Trevor Lawrence. I would like him to make a bigger jump here in the second half than he made in the first half. It started off pretty good and then it's kind of, I don't know. It's going in the weird direction right now. I want it to get better here as we go. So I'm hoping he he can. But part of that is also the receivers. And they really haven't done that. I know they overpaid for Kirk. That was part of the deal of starting to rebuild that. And it was a smart move. I get why they did. Analytically, it made a lot of sense. Now you bring in Calvin Ridley. Now all of a sudden, Ridley, Etienne, and um, Christian Kirk now there's no more excuses. You have a full complement of weapons. If you go out there and draft or sign a tight end of, of note, you've really given Trevor Lawrence everything to be successful with. Maybe you beef up the O-line a little bit more too. That could certainly stand to help. But I'd love to see what you can get right now with Calvin Ridley out there. Like, Can you buy low on Drake London, who's been really quiet these, first, these last few weeks mm. because Marcus Mariota okay. just ain't any good? Like, can you, can you kick the tires on Garrett Wilson, who, you know, people remember the last memory everyone has of Calvin Ridley is being really, really good. And now it's unknown. So I'd rather take something that someone that's younger than Calvin Ridley, who was also a little older because he was You're an Alabama be guy. Let's not forget or that. 29, I believe. Right. Exactly. He's older than you think because <laughs> the Alabama guys typically are because they play in college yep. for, you know, 12 yep. years. And then you get I was gonna like say five, but all right. <laughs> well, you know, but, but I, I, I'm not trying to get rid of him, but once again, if you're going to give me a second year wide receiver, who I believe in, who I really coveted to Garrett Wilson, the uh, uh, Drake London, I don't, again, maybe you can pull that trade off right now. Cause those guys, people are looking at going, Ooh, Zach Wilson's bad. Marcus Mario is bad. What's the future. I don't know. I don't care. I want those guys. I want them. They're younger. They're super talented. We'll figure it out. Eventually better quarterbacks to come. That's my opinion on Ridley. Again, I'm not trying to get rid of him, but I'm definitely putting some feelers out there to see if yeah. I can get somebody to overpay because yeah. I think you might be able to. Well, Sometimes theoretical value is greater than actual value.
1: Are you saying you're you're sending feelers if you have Ridley, but are you trying to acquire him? Like, are you are you looking at it like I want him on my roster in
2: Dynasty or not? Not quite yet.
3: Yes, but for the right
2: price. If your season's over, he's not going to get you points this year, so right. that helps. So.
3: Yeah. Well, Maybe. that's what I mean. You might be able to help somebody who right. right now, like they've got Calvin Ridley's dead weight. Like they're trying to push in. They've got Bye McGetten in Week Nine or Fourteen, and they've got some problems. They're trying to win this year. Yeah, you could make a decent move. I think to get uh, Calvin Ridley, I think you could give oh. up an Alan Lazard and help some of he's healthy this week and oh, go out there yeah.
2: Yeah, and yeah, yeah, go yeah. ahead and
3: pull off that kind of move. I Love think that. those are the those are the kind of moves you might be able to pull off right now. Here, and here's where I'm at with time, this, Help yourself this, out long term.
1: This trade isn't changing Calvin Ridley's status. He's still out, right? Like, he was out before. He's out after. Like, yeah, he's, he's still, still out. out. So he, he's still not playing, right? So what I'm saying is, I think this helps Calvin Ridley's value, though. And I agree sure. with you on all of this because he's now got a new, kind of like a new lease on life. He's got a new oh, it helps his He's got a new
3: fire. Markedly. But again, yes. it's theoretical value. Don't confuse theoretical value with actual value because it's until optimism. you see him in the system. Yeah. And, right. And sometimes uh, I'll, I'll give you, for instance, when when Javante Williams got hurt, I had two shares of Melvin Gordon and I traded him the next 24 hours because yeah. I didn't want anything to do with it because I knew yeah. it was going to be a complete cluster. And I knew his theoretical value is worth more than his actual value. Well, and we've I think talked that's about this before. You think of.
1: Like trade yeah, value yeah. versus production yeah. value, right? Like mm-hmm. his trade value is worth more than his production value, but that's always been the case. But his trade value went up, his production value stayed the same, right? Like his production value is still right. zero. Like he's coming it's back at zero, the same point. But look, yeah, you but know. look, it's weak,
3: right? Exactly, which is why it makes sense right. for a lot of people to either trade for or trade away. But I think this is a fascinating time if you drafted him and you have him, regardless to just see what the, what the value is out there. Because once again, somebody might look at that and say, Oh my God, look at the last time he played. It was so good. And like, we don't know what it's going to be. Let's be honest. We think no, it could course. be very good. The potential is there for it to be good, but we don't know. So once again, if you're going to give me somebody that I know, like I said, Drake London, a Garrett Wilson, somebody that I really covet, I will take that trade. Heck, I would even kick the tires on Kyle Pitts right now for Ooh. him. Because yeah. I still believe in Kyle Pitts long term, and people have really lost a lot of faith in him. And eventually, he will have another quarterback. It is not going to be Marcus Mariota very long. Okay. okay it's yeah, not well,
1: just... You're, you're going to have to add to Ridley to get Pitts. Let's be clear. Like, that, that's not going to happen. You know what, one, man? But... I just pulled off a deal
3: in my Dynasty League a couple of weeks ago where I'm trying to remember exactly what I dealt now. I got to look at it, but I dealt, I ended up getting ATN and Pitts. And um, I'm trying to remember what I dealt now because I gotta look at it. I'm well, gonna go pull that up. But look that up you while can I get this. these guys. <laughs> like, look, look and, not no, and I'm not
1: saying you can't, I'm not saying yeah. you can't. I'm just saying, like, Ridley for me, though, Ridley for me is one of those players that if if I was contending, I probably already shipped Ridley off. Like, there's probably that there's probably very few contending teams in week nine at the trade deadline here that still have Ridley. Because I feel like that was the the easiest trade away candidate in the history of fantasy football. He he's going to be something. His 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 roster value is something, but his production value is zero, right? So I think there are a lot of, a lot of players that held him to trade him two, three, four, five weeks ago, whatever. If you still have him now, it's odds are good. And I'm, I'm oversimplifying it. Odds are good. You're already in the rebuilding mode anyway. And so then what your point comes to is well, can I trade him away for more than what I paid to get him? And that is obviously going to be league dependent, where there's no way for one answer to happen on that. If you sent a third to get Ridley in September and now can send Ridley to get a second because of this news, do it. I don't think anybody in their right mind would turn that down, right? So, but again, that's very league specific. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, I think that this is where I think a lot of times the advice that we give in a general sense can be narrowed down and why we do find me a trade on the show, which we'll do later where it's like, no, this specific league has these specific settings and this specific past and history, what have you. And there are definitely leagues out there that for whatever reason, didn't trade much or were kind of stale and stagnant up till the trade deadline. And you start to see some trades happen and all of a sudden the whole league breaks open, right? I'm in a few dynasty leagues where, We weren't trading at all. I was sending offers, and they were all getting rejected. Very few counters. Like it just all the values were kind of stale. Nothing was moving. And then this week, there have been three trades out of nowhere. And it's we're on Wednesday. Like buys
3: buys, create trades. Exactly. Also, but
1: like trade values change when players Mm -hmm. trade, right? So like now, like KJ Osborne becomes expendable for a fourth. Where like somebody's like, I'll take the risk. You know, like those kind of little trades still start opening the league up to just happening, right? And in Dynasty, Scott, as someone who's in like 50 Dynasty leagues, I'm sure you see it more than the rest of us, where it's like some leagues are very stale and then they kind of crack open and one or two trades can turn the whole league around, I guess. Like, what are your thoughts on that when it comes to Ridley? But just in general, like, is this trade deadline good for fantasy in general for Dynasty?
2: Yeah, I mean, I sold my I, I think I sold almost all of my Ridley shares like during the draft. Like it was it was one of my few pieces that like in the rookie draft, if I wanted to go get somebody, I was like, "Here, I'll give you Ridley," you know, like, yeah, instead of a future second or whatever. And because right? of so, the age, that makes sense um, because of the age. Yeah, of Ridley, yeah I was all, all about that. Yeah. Give me a 21 year old receiver, you know, that I can mm-hmm. see what he is this year, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the. The hype of the NFL trade deadline and all the activity created a flurry in you know in almost all of my leagues like there's excitement there's conversations there's things happening and just activity will generally lead to more trades right uh people are on you're already there you're going to make an offer you're going to have a conversation or somebody's going to say something about somebody and that's going to lead to an offer so like i think all of it works together um you know to to generate that activity and then you just take it from there so i think one thing i'm doing right now is just Keeping an eye on some of the comments, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. I uh, that was bad, that was a terrible, trial. I don't like where they went. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay, I, let uh, me look at you know ass- what ass- I mean. Ass- so, like, sometimes you just you kind of look for those vocal guys that are are making those uh statements or you know, whatever, or the other way around, right? Like, maybe somebody loves something and you have that player, so oh, great, what can I say, <laughs> or <laughs> you know um well, so yeah i mean you just you have to play each league as it is and and you got to go you have to use the activity you have to it's timeliness is a huge factor in
1: we hit this out. every week don't we scott like timing is everything you know what i mean like well, speaking
3: you, of timing you, i found that trade I did oh yeah what sixth. was it mark andrews after that game against the giants where he had 20 points or whatever it was yeah and i got back a second round pick travis etienne and kyle pitts and Etienne was still buried kind of at that point to you. Oh, wait, again, trying wait, to look out. Wow. Ridley and Andrews. No, I got. I know I I got Pitts, ATN, and a second round pick for Mark Andrews from a team. Just that from was Mark Andrews,
1: straight up, not really involved mm-hmm. at all. Terrific. The tight end, so tough. Phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. But again, well, again,
3: again. Now that looks great. Two weeks. Yeah. Uh, two weeks ago, that looked very risky. Wow. Yeah. This has been. You know, true, a, I still have true, long. True. T- but this is when you have to trust your evaluation of players and think okay eventually these players will turn it around or get things right and sometimes you're wrong about guys you know sometimes you know that's going to be the case but uh, it's more often than not take the talent and then eventually you hope that you know you're going to get some better quarterback play with some of those other guys that are struggling right now and i can tell you right now there's a lot of these young wide receivers that people are frustrated with they're very talented it's a good class for the quarterbacks around them, whether it be Dotson, whether it be Wilson, whether I mean, really just go on and on. I mean, even yeah. Olave to a certain extent, he's had some yes. good games, but it's a very frustrating quarterback path. And eventually in Dynasty, those quarterback situations will improve because when you're bad, you have better shots, unless
2: you're DJ Moore. Sorry, <laughs>
3: or the Jets who can't draft a quarterback to save their life <laughs>
1: yeah. ever. All of the Jets. Well, so let's use that as a classic Joe Pizapia segue into our actual <laughs> topic, which again we've kind of hit on already, but I don't want to I, I want to make sure that we give this full weight. So one second here, guys.
2: Dynasty strategy, dynasty strategy, dynasty st-
1: dynasty strategy. That's where we're pivoting into next. Thanks, Brian Hart. That didn't start out that great. Well, we got there. And here's where I think we've already talked of this a little bit, right? Dynasty strategy is something that we talk about on this on this podcast a lot. And and news and notes are a way to change values and to way to like open your mind to new trades and to kind of open the league to being accepting of new trades or whatever. Valuations change every week. And in Dynasty, as much as it is a long game, you have to pay attention to the week-to-week valuations, right? So I want to make sure that we talk about some of these Dynasty theories at the halfway point. And we talked about this a little bit before the show. But I want to make sure we give this a little bit of weight because in my opinion, maybe I want an island on this. At the halfway point is really when I take serious stock of my team. I I like to look at my team through four weeks and kind of see where I'm at and then five weeks, see where I'm at and kind of see if I need to pivot to rebuild. But by halfway, I know damn well if I'm contending or not. Like if, if you're four and four, you're not contending. You're out. Pivot to the bottom. You're going to have a better time with it. So what I wanted to get into a little bit this week and kind of our main thrust of topic in a sense was, you know, maybe picking a little bit of your brain, Joe, in Dynasty, where do you go at the halfway if you're not contending, if you're not definitely in the top three and you're in the bottom nine, I guess, at that point in a 12 team league? Like if you're fourth, fifth, sixth in a Dynasty League, where do you go at the halfway point, Joe? What's your next thought? Where do you go next?
3: Well, if I'm four and four, I'm still trying. I always want to try to win now if I can. Now, sure. when now is a very tricky phrase because um, it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily trading all my future to go all in either. I'm trying to stay competitive. I think that um, when you're four and four, you should listen to deals that make sense for now and for the future, if you can. Mm-hmm. I think those are the kind of deals when you're four and four and kind of in the middle of the pack. Um, but I think you know once you cross into week ten, is really that to me is really like okay. Because, because you never know, one or two key injuries in the next two weeks can really change the dynamic of, of any league right now. Uh, a Christian McCaffrey injury all of a sudden changes the dynamic quite a bit. Uh, a team that had Josh Allen all of a sudden could change. You know, like all those things can happen. So I, I think that it's very important to um, to know when you have teams. Like I have a, that dynasty team that I just talked about. That mm-hmm. was a first-year startup league. I am terrible. Everything that's gone wrong has gone wrong. <laughs> I have Jamar Chase. He got hurt, but I kind of knew what I was getting into. I was going for more of a, all right, I'm going to take some shots here and I'm going to, if it's bad, I'm going to turn it over right away. And I have a lot of picks and I have a lot of, you know, fluidity for next year and a lot of good young players now in my roster. So although I'm competitive, I'm going to lose, but I think the whole point is you, you take that in dynasty and then, you know, that next year you could turn around very quickly. Trust the evaluations you have of good players or trust smarter people than you to evaluate those players (laughs) and tell you what to think of them. Because if you find good analysts out there who tell you about, look, this is a good asset, like Drake London's a good asset. Derek Brown is right. I sit there with Derek Brown every day of my life. And at some point we'll talk about Drake London and he's not wrong, but I was right in telling him, stop getting so excited. It's Marcus Mariota. Eventually that will change. Oh, and Arthur so Smith, dynasty,
1: like the, that whole team is just rough right now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But look, we can we can play Martha Smith all we want. He doesn't he's not the one throwing the football or executing I plays at I the end of the day. So the players on the and I've seen enough Marcus Mariota to, to last me a lifetime. And I knew this going in, which is why I was also in redraft leagues fading away from guys like Pitts. Yes. Because I I knew you want to tie yourself to good offenses, to clarity, to points. It sounds simple, but it's it's the right thing to do. And if you did that carefully this year you're doing all right and think about that in the future too as you continue to build try to find those good offenses try to find the players to play with the good quarterbacks they are going to eventually be more productive typically speaking sure there's going to be guys on bad teams that are going to be fantasy useful of course they are but ask i mean how many people are super excited about anything on the texans besides damian pierce how many people are excited about anything besides derrick henry on the tennessee titans I mean, think about think about like how miserable some of these offenses are right now. Are you excited really about anything on the Rams even besides Cooper Cup? Is there anything you feel good about trotting out there and starting? Like you got to be real careful. And I think that's something that people are starting to finally come around to. You got to find the good quarterbacks, the good offenses, and you got to play into that a little bit more.
1: Well, and I I said this last week, actually, when we had uh, Daniel Dopp on and I picked Drake London at three overall on our rookie redraft. I'm like, hey, I still think Drake London is the guy. I still think he's, like, talent-wise, he is still the guy. And he hasn't shown me anything to dissuade me from that. He's just not being utilized. Now, again, being utilized is a big part of fantasy. If you're not going to be utilized, what the hell's the point? you got to put up points. But my thought process, especially with wide receivers, is it takes some time for them to acclimate. It takes some time for them to kind of get up to the speed of the game. There's a
3: lot of... He's shown you what he could do when he's exactly. the football. Exactly. So it's just a matter of getting somebody who can get him the football consistently. And, and that's why I'm
1: thinking he's it. still above Burks for me, because you hit the nail on the head with, with Tennessee. Oh, like, Burks is I'm injured, of course. But, like, that Tennessee team looks worse than Atlanta. Like, if we're looking at, at just receivers, and and obviously Chris Olave is another great name on there. And again, just to, to bring this up, because I think it's interesting to look at this and to kind of bring this to a head. Uh, ECR, Dynasty Rankings on Fantasy Pros. As Drake London at fourteen, Michael Pittman at fifteen, and Chris Olave at sixteen, those three are very interesting prospects just outside the top twelve. That all have quarterback question marks. That mm-hmm. are all very talented receivers, very young, lots of upside. And but all three will have really... new
3: quarterbacks next year. Well,
1: and that's what I was just gonna say. No, nobody yep. knows what their next twenty twenty three guy is gonna be. Like all three of those could have different quarterbacks in twenty twenty three. Now, again, granted. You could look at Burks in that same group. He's not in this grouping here. But I'm saying I I do believe that all three of those guys are again as 14, 15, 16 are just outside the top 12. All three of those has have upside in the top 12. Like all three of those guys could be in the sure. top 12 six to 12 <clears throat> months from now. And
3: look, it doesn't mean next year just because they have different quarterbacks that they're better quarterbacks. Bingo, but this yep. the, the bar is pretty low right now.
1: Like well, I and also I wanna...
3: You know well, I was I mean, going to get into Dahl, this. God this is their ceiling. You know,
1: they have <laughs> upside right. still to raise from here. It's like they are not. The not this, the I league. don't think that's their ceiling. Yeah. No.
3: If first year in the league, these things happen. There's turnover and stuff like that. And then look, luckily there's some better quarterbacks coming through the college pipeline than there were last year. Thank you know, two years ago was a very theoretical good class. Although I had my skepticism about some of the guys. But look, it takes some guys. It takes a little while. And I think that when we're looking at the future here, you know, guys like Pickens, too, is another player, too, yeah. I think is going to be a very good player in the NFL level. I thought he was a great player of Georgia. But the problem with Georgia was all that team had to do that year was play defense around the football because they were crushing people by 40 points every game. It was only until they played Alabama and that SEC championship game that they got challenged and you started to see what Pickens could do. And then you saw it again in the national championship game. So Pickens is one of these guys that, like, if you watched him, if you watched the games, you went, ooh, man. That, that boy's good. But the problem is you never saw on a consistent basis because they never had to use him. So yeah. when he got to the NFL level, like they had a lot of skepticism about it and some other questions about character and whatever else. But I think we're seeing it right now. Like, wow, this guy's really could potentially be one of those next dudes. And I think well, Pickens could be.
1: For clarity, and again, just to kind of put some context to a little bit of this, the other rookies you get Garrett Wilson at 18. Again, this is ECR Dynasty rankings on Fantasy Pro. So this is mm-hmm. a conglomerate of people. This is not just one person's rank. This is expert no. consensus rankings. Garrett Wilson at 18. Uh, you've got George Pickens at 27, which I feel like is a little low and is probably going to raise with this trade, like we talked about. And then, I mean, again, just oddly enough, Traylon Burks at 32. Well, I mean, the injury doesn't help, let's be honest. But you got Jameis Williams at 29 who's been injured this whole time but we haven't seen any sort of uh, fluctuation. Jameson Williams is a perfect example Burks. of
3: there you go. And I love Jameson Williams. To me he was my Same. number one dude going into it. But there's a perfect example of what I talked about earlier which is theoretical value yes. is incredibly strong. Yep. And it holds for an it's odd like recency amount of time. bias a little bit too. have a like, recency bias. Well, it's it's the best case scenario bias. That people would re- would always rather live in the, oh my God, it's going to be good. It's going to be good, which is why you want to think about putting Ridley on the block and seeing what happens.
1: No, I agree. I'm saying more like Jamison Williams, we knew was going to miss time. And that's yeah. why he's 29. Burks, we didn't know that. And then he got hurt. And now he's lower than Williams, which again, some people had him over. And I'm not going to get into that. Well, some he's not. Odd.
3: Well, Jameson Williams was the one I thought. I thought uh, he was well. the best wide receiver in the class. We could have that conversation if you want, but...
1: No, I, mean, I, I don't want to get into that rabbit hole. I, I don't disagree with you. I think there is a fair argument for a lot of these guys in the one of the rookie class. Um, it was a close yeah.
3: conversation, but yeah. I didn't have Burks in that one conversation.
1: I did. Not. I know some people did. I'm just saying it's odd to me that Burks dropped that To me, it was the triumvirate
3: of of the two guys from Ohio State, and it was and it was Jameson Williams. <laughs> like those and Drake the, Lennon <laughs> for me, though.
1: like Honestly, Drake Lennon was right up there, too. Drake, yeah, um, that's not fair. Yeah, and
3: Drake Lennon's in that conversation. You could put all four of those guys in there. Yeah. You're absolutely okay. right. And that's why I'm just
1: saying more of like where the ACR is (laughs) right now, which is really tricky. Yeah, they're all good. And And all of them right now,
3: for the most part, kind of struggling. Like Yes. People are impatient. impatient.
1: Well, let me pivot this to you, Scott. So like these rookie receivers that we're talking about here, are, are any of these guys standing out to you as a target above the others? Like, are you looking at any of these guys at the halfway point through the season being like, all right, I want this guy on my roster more than these other rookies. And I'm just looking at the rookies to keep it easy. Like no, London, Olave, Wilson, the like these guys.
2: No, I'm just going to find the team that needs production now. And if I have a piece to offer them, then, then let me, let me make that swap for the future. Or who
1: are you sending for Burks or Wilson or like, or Williams? I'm sorry. Like who are you sending for these
2: guys? You're I mean, production. if you take away the top, you know, Jefferson chase, whatever, you know, throw out the top tier of guys, pretty much anyone. I mean if I don't need it this year, I don't care. You tell you tell me DeAndre Hopkins, uh you know Amari Cooper? these guys Cooper are dominated old, yeah, on Monday, sure. right? Cooper is you, could have, all, you could have all these guys. I don't care. Are you sending to to get... Cooper for Burks straight up? Um, I think I can get something on top, but I don't on have top a, I don't really have right? any Cooper, so I don't really know his value um, because I just, I have a morbid curiosity
3: to see Cooper with Watson. Uh, So do I, I think a lot of people trade. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I I think Burks is interesting. There's, there's some questions about, you know, what kind of shape he was in last year. And I know I heard a lot of that stuff around training camp and then he got hurt. And then, you know, is it going to be Malik Willis next year who I think, you know, has a lot of talent, but again, you got to see what happens when you got to apply it all. But uh, Amari Cooper, with Sean Watson for the next couple of years is a really intriguing. I mean, it's a very oh, intriguing piece. There's so really. it nobody else, especially with Njoku on the shelf. Like, there's let really let nobody this else J- If
1: you, If you have Jamison Williams right now on your IR and you're four and four, you're right in the middle mm-hmm. of the pack. And James Williams is probably coming back the next couple of weeks, not this week for sure, probably a couple of weeks. Are you sending Jameson Williams for Amari Cooper? In no, the package not at all? A Dynasty.
3: No. Okay, so you're still holding. I want James. Jameson Williams right because I think he is. He's got that dude potential, and there's a finite number of guys in the league that have that potential, and That's some of them great. don't realize it right away. You know, it's funny. I remember years ago, Stefan Diggs' rookie year, watching him, and uh, it's, it was it was a funny moment on the show too. He was a min salary guy in FanDuel, and fan, but when I was like, I really like this guy, Diggs, and the guy who was doing the show was like, you are nuts. He's like, you like stop reading stupid stuff about the beat reporter saying that Teddy Bridgewater likes the guy. And and Diggs went out there and I think it was the first play of the game, caught a touchdown, and then he had two more in that game. And the rest was history, and Diggs became a thing. And the funny thing was like, look, sometimes they come out of nowhere. Sometimes there's guys that you know it takes them a little while. There's all these different stories, but you see you see the opportunity where you see guys who could grow into something. Cooper's on the other side of that stuff. Yes. Williams has a lot more ahead of him. And it's not theoretical because I watched it happen in Alabama. He is a yes. game wrecker. He is a DeAndre Hopkins type receiver that you look at him and go, holy crap, you should not be that good. You should not be able to do those kinds of the agility, the hands, the route, everything. He's the full package of things. Now he's just got to do it on the NFL level. I haven't seen it yet. And I have a lot of confidence that he will. That's why I won't move him for Cooper. But well, Cooper how is this a piece that I would want in the next year? And years. again,
1: just no, as pure speculation. And, and again, I think this is a, an interesting discussion, not because of value, because market value is very different than our values. And and all of us on this on this show tonight understand that you don't necessarily have to send people one for one. You can always try to get more on the side of what people value more. But going forward in Dynasty, would you rather roster, not trading, would you rather roster Amon Ross St. Brown or Jameson Williams, Joe? <sighs> And I like that they Amon have different Ra. costs. They have, they have different costs. I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're yeah. equal. I'm just saying, which would you rather have on your roster?
3: Still Williams, because as good as Amon Ra is, he doesn't stretch. Right.
1: Well,
3: his ceiling <laughs> might be where he's at thing. right
1: now. I think Williams has room. Oh, to I get think to it his absolutely ceiling. is. Yeah. I like
3: Amon Ra. and I was a big defender of his last year and I drafted him everywhere in redraft leagues. And I had to drop him about five, six weeks in this season because it wasn't mm. happening. And that's why I was so terrified to drop Sky Moore because I'm like, man, yeah. I'm not gonna have this happen to me again. I swear to God, if this happens two years in a row to me, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> and then I tried to get him back off the waiver wire, and I couldn't get Amon Ross and Brown back anywhere. And I was so pissed off. And he went yeah. and did exactly what I thought he was capable of. Amon Ross is very good, but I, I think, I think you're There's seeing different the best receivers, he is. yeah, different style receiver. Williams is yeah, I'll, that?
4: I'll take
2: that guy.
3: Like I said, he's Hopkins. Well, the other when, way to put right. this Hopkins too, when first came in the league, and we're all looking at each other, and he could do it with any quarterback. I mean, think about the dregs that guy played with quarterback,
4: <laughs> oh. the Brian
3: Hoyer's and Brock Osweiler. of the world. Oh my Christ, what horrible quarterbacks he played with, and he was still <laughs> incredible. You know, he's well, got
1: I'm, that I'm looking kind of at it. Ceiling. I'm looking at it more like if if you have James Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown both on the field for the Lions in 2024 with whoever their rookie quarterback is going to be. Not even 2023. I'm saying 2024 it's Jamison Williams by a mile. And I think that's sometimes where like, you know, yeah, I want the points. I get that. But even in 2023, I think it's an even split. If not Jamison Williams, Williams is their guy long-term. I don't think ARSB is right. There's always this joke on Twitter. where like, who did this trade help? It will ARSB is, his value went up, right? Like it just, that's like the ongoing joke because for whatever reason, everything helps him. Uh, I think his value is about as high as it can get. I, I don't want to say it's, Definitely as high as it can get. But if you can send Amon Ross St. Brown and get Jamison Williams in a second, do that. If you can send Amon Ross St. Brown and get Jamison Williams and Calvin Ridley, do it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many different places out there that I know I can send if I still have ARSB, which I only have on like one or two rosters at this point because I sold them high three weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like I just, I don't have any more. I don't have any more shares. But Jameson, I'm with you. I'm hundred percent. Like, I think Jameson is going to be that dude. And I think the fact that we haven't seen it is really depressing his value, which makes it kind of like a discount in a sense. And that's exactly who I'm looking for at the halfway point. Who's coming back? Who's going to join their team this year that is going to turn things around, both for fantasy and the NFL. And James Williams is a prime case of that. Uh, there are some running backs that might have that chance, but for the most part, running backs are, I mean, I want to get into this for a hot second, and maybe this is a prime case. Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson. I want to talk about it with you, Joe. <laughs> um, I'm on. I mean, again, on, Antonio Gibson is one of those players that I have way too much of, and I think I only have like two shares. It's still way too much, but I'm holding the bag. Like, there's no one that's going to give me what I paid for him, let alone more than that, let alone something that makes me feel like I want to send him. Like in one league, I know it's a trade addicts league. I think I sent a uh, mid to late 23 first for Antonio Gibson before the season. And I was like, you know what? I believe he's that guy. I doubt that I can get that now. (laughs) Like, I just don't see anybody giving me a first for Antonio Gibson. But is that somebody you're looking at at the halfway point if you need points this year and being like, I'm not sending a first. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, if I can send a second for Antonio Gibson, are you taking that trade? Are you taking Gibson in that trade, Joe? Or no, is that still too much?
3: No, I'd rather have the second pick than Antonio Gibson. But I like the idea of buying low on Gibson because I think he's gonna be somewhere else next year. And what a concept, you know, finally throwing the converted wide receiver passes. <laughs> uh, I yeah. mean, it only took, them, Who knew? I don't know how, long. I mean, yeah, shocking, right? Uh, just so crazy, frustrating sometimes. Um, but yeah, uh, Gibson still has more value than I think people realize. I, <laughs> I'm frustrated because a couple of weeks ago I was saying when Brian Robinson came back and nobody wanted yeah. to him, I was like, buy him everywhere in Dynasty because next year he will absolutely be somewhere else and you can get him for nothing. Now all of a sudden last week
1: value starts creeping in again so the calculus has changed a little bit. Always yeah. Scott are you on that same page with Gibson? Yeah, 100%. Terrific analysis by Scott Sedlow everyone. That's brilliant. He's tired. Said. He's very tired. Well, it's not late. even that. It's just there, there's nothing much more to say, but I did want to ask this question <laughs> because I am I'm curious about both of you on this and I'll start with you on this one Scott. Which would you rather roster in dynasty, Zeke
2: or Gibson? Gibson.
1: Hands down, no, no oh, question. Gibson,
2: I have zero As Zeke. TV. I sold Zeke like three years ago. Yeah. He's trash. I don't want anything to do with him.
1: Well, again, I'm I'm bringing it up because I agree with you. I think Gibson has more future value, has more production value, he has less competition in a sense. Again, it's they both have competition, but Pollard is clearly going to be that guy, and I don't think that Brian Robinson is that guy yet. He might be. He's coming off of a, a you know guns.
2: Yeah, Brian, Brian Robinson is, is he's a grinder. He's not. Yeah.
1: Been. Different, entirely different running back. But I I guess the other point I want to hit on with this is uh, Zeke is 27 in Dynasty ECR and Fantasy Pros and Gibson's 28. You know who's 26, which I think is interesting. 26, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Would you Hmm. rather have Clyde Edwards Hilaire or Antonio Gibson in Dynasty? Joe, I'll start with you on that one. (laughs) CEH or Gibson? Uh, Don't throw up too loudly. Just for the listeners. No, I mean, it's
3: (sighs) it's
1: tricky, right? Gibson no, because not. I think he has an opportunity
3: well. to be somewhere else next year and be, uh, he's shown you how good he can be. You know, like do I live in like an Island where I didn't watch this guy last year, like <laughs> be really good at the end of the year. And then I two years ago, be you. really good at the end of the year. Yes. Like, I don't get it. Like if you give him the full workload and you throw him the football, he can do it. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I can't coaching. explain it. All I know it's is that there's going to be a lot of teams looking for running backs next year and he's going to find himself somewhere else and I think he's going to be productive there. I really do.
1: No, I'm with you 100%. Scott, are you on the same page? Obviously, you said it before, like Gibson over CEH, right? You'd much rather have Gibson straight up.
2: Yes, I'm, I don't like CEH. Now,
1: CEH is like fool's gold to me. Like he, Even in this season, he's had a couple of really high weeks where he's had like eight touches and three touchdowns. And it's like, that is not sustainable. Like, you cannot bank on that. That's, that's a fluke outcome. That's an outlier. Like, sell the hell out of that guy. So I'm right there with you, and I do think that you know Gibson, if he even if he doesn't go somewhere else, I think they utilize him the same as he's been used, and is a top twenty running back in theory, uh, and is someone I don't mind putting in my flex. So I'm I'm right there with you guys. So without too much more on this, I guess uh, the only other question I wanted to make sure we hit on here was if you're at the halfway point, are you sending more offers or scouring the waivers more? Like, are you trying to make more moves at the halfway point, Joe, or is it kind of like let it ride and just see how things happen.
3: Well, no, I I, see. I'm always looking to make the move. I think, you know, I think you play it. It's a dynasty league, but I think you have to play everything week to week when you're Mm -hmm. in the middle. So you're playing it week to week. You're looking for the edges because the next two or three weeks will tell the tale of you being a playoff team or not. And there might be opportunities where it's too enticing for you to take and then go in the other direction. Like you're saying and play for next year. Instead, I think you keep yourself open to the ideas that make the most sense for adding talent to your roster. And if that means talent to your roster, help you win or it means talent to your roster for next year. And I think you have to be open because every league is different. Every, every, oh, yeah. some people don't like to trade. Some people love to trade. Some leagues are really tight. Some are really loose. And there's like, you ha- and you have to, every single one of them is like a unicorn there. So you have to make sure that you're in a spot where you understand the calculus of it. And then you have to take it from there. So it, I wish there was a broader stroke, but I think the best stroke you can go and say, all right, each league is very specific. You have to go in and target it a certain way. And then at the certain point when you are halfway, is my dynasty team that I'm trying to build for, again, this is my team. Do I want this asset long-term or do I want that asset long-term? And I think you constantly do that. And if it means you lose this year, okay, because next year, then theoretically you should be better. But I think you're always in a state of trying to constantly improve your roster whenever you can.
1: I agree hundred percent. And I want to pitch it to you, Scott, because I think you're on the same page, but I want to give you a chance to speak on this for a minute. Like, are you more active at the halfway point kind of like before any trade deadlines, if there are any, and then if your team's in the middle, is it more like I need to scramble and solve something or is it more just play the world and see how it happens?
2: So we don't, we don't have the time I need to properly answer this question because <laughs> yeah. this year I, it seems like I'm contrarian right now, but I will bet after the year wraps up we will look back and know that this was the right move. You always say we don't want to be stuck in the middle, but you know what? There are too many teams already playing for 23 Bingo. that your best chance right now in mm-hmm. most leagues is maybe 104-105. You might as well just make the playoffs and see what happens. Like Agreed. I'd rather just win some money okay right. on some blue teams, maybe make a run. Or you know what? Maybe I end up with 107 or 108. Is there a big difference between seven, eight, four, and five? If I can't get one or two, I'm not I'm not worried about it, man. Like it's it's too late. I'm not getting those. And statistically, if we want to look at it from an analytical standpoint, it's it's too late to like make that decision. Like, yeah, you can sell you can shed assets and and, and points, um, and maybe improve your draft pick a little bit, but those teams are already way ahead of you. The teams are already decided there. It, it happened oh, and eight, ago. one and seven. So, yeah. So you're, you're in the, if you're in the middle, you might as well hang tight. You can make a few small moves that put you in better position next year for sure. But it, there's going to be a lot of teams this year where I'm just going to like, I'm holding tight. I'm in the middle. Like, let's see what happens. I mean, after the last two weeks with all the injuries and just seeing teams get wrecked completely, I now have a shot in some leagues where I didn't, you know, so I don't know to what's going to happen. It's a long season. It's a crazy world. Like, uh, you know what? I'm going to be stuck in the middle of this year and I'm going to make runs and we're going to see how it turns out. And it might not be the right thing to do, but it's the strategy I'm sticking with.
1: this year. Well, I, I'm glad you said that because I didn't want to be totally contrarian in the sense, but I am with you hundred percent. I am sending more offers to win this year. I am looking at it like, you know what chaos is raining down upon us every week. Uh, why not me let me let me get in the playoffs and mess yeah. around you know what i'm saying like, let me see what i can do let me get in there and then we'll play it from there uh at the same time like what joe was saying i agree with that 100 don't make a trade that makes your team bad next year or bad down the road make good dynasty trades but send out a. am t- sending out a lot more offers than i have all year to be honest with you because i've got a lot of teams that are four and four five and three three and five right in that middle like not really deserving to be in the title contention. But guess what? The number one team just lost Brees Hall. Number one team just is struggling with Jonathan Taylor and who is not showing up or DeAndre Swift who's been out or who had Jamar Chase and is not playing. Like you never know where we're going to go with this. So I don't, I'm not saying make bad trades. I'm saying more like make moves to get in that because also on the other end of this exact argument, the 2023 class is probably, from what I've seen so far, 12 to 18 players deep of players I want on my roster. That's deep. Last year's class was like four players, maybe six, if you want to get fancy with it in Superflex. And if that's if you're counting, Kenny Pickett, Like it, it was a really weak class. And if you're not in the top six, you might as well just not be in it. This next 2023 class is going to be different. I really do believe there are a lot of players that are coming out in 2023. And we don't even know who they are yet. Uh, There are going to be a lot of players that decide to come back and stay in college and, you know, not come out in 2023. I still think there is going to be a whole first round's class worth of value before we see a a major teardrop. So my thought process is, well, hell, at that point, like you said, Scott, I'd rather be 107 than 104 and have a chance at the title. Like, let's go win the damn thing. Like, let's go try. Like, why not? You know, like if you've got if your running backs are hell, I don't know. Let's say you've got Ramondre Stevenson and Leonard Fournette. That's not great. Those are not great dynasty running backs. But guess what? Those are terrific redraft running backs. Those are guys that could win you this whole season. Honestly, the way things are panning out and both of them are going to have value as you go into the offseason. So I'm looking at it like shore up your roster. Don't think too much about the week to week. Just put your best roster out there. Make some trades. Do some waivers. Get your do whatever you can. Don't give up. That's kind of my general M.O. for anybody listening at this point. If you're through eight weeks and you're still paying attention, it's because you care. And if you're in Dynasty, you always care. Because let's be honest, we're all junkies when we get down to this point of the year. Keep grinding. Don't give up. You might have a chance to win the whole thing. And let's be honest, that's the whole point of this whole thing. Go win that damn title. So don't stop trying. Keep going. All right. With that, with that, let's get real quick. Let's do a quick update of the listener leagues, because I know, Scott, you were hesitant on this before we got into this, but. In Dynasty Junkies, I don't one, want to talk about losing. Come on, I know both host teams lost both double headers this week. We had bad weeks. This is the first two losses for Rocky and I in Dynasty Junkies. We're now eleven and two, I believe. Uh Obviously, you lost two, Scott. Not a great week. Just not a great week. It happens. It was buys and injuries and everything else. But Jerry Shea again, high scorer. He had Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Travis Etienne, DJ Moore. And that sleeper tight end we all know and love, Tyler Conklin? Like, wow. What a what a team put together that just kind of, again, DJ Moore? What? Kyler Murray? What? Like, these are names that shouldn't be great, but Jerry Shea put it together. So congrats to you, Jerry, on winning that high points in uh, DJ one. And DJ two, both host teams lost again. And that, there's no double headers in this one, but both me and Bobby and Rocky and Scott lost. And Andrew Ember's team was a high score again. Terrific job, Andrew. Uh, he beat Rocky and I, or Rocky and Scott, I should say, to go to 7-1 and on the backs of CMC, Derek Henry, Jerichoff, and Jamal Williams. So, again, well done, Andrew. His team is looking dominant this year in DJ2. Rocky, I, I, I know Rocky and I are talking about this. Rocky and Scott, your team is good but not great, whereas me and estimated. Bobby are looking at a Literally
2: four starters in a 14-team know. league. There's nothing I know. can do. I know. And Bobby
1: and I are looking really bad because we drafted Russell Wilson. So like, you just never know. That's all I'm getting at. You never know. But again, congrats, Andrew, on a on a terrific week in DJ, 2 So with that, we're going to get into our final segment of the night. Find me a trade. That's right. We're going to find me a trade. So this week, uh, I'm not going to bring it up again. We're not live anyway, but we're going to we're going to do a trade submitted by our friend of the show who's in Dynasty Junkies, too, with us, I believe. Corey yeah. Deaton at Dynasty Eeyore. Uh, he's got a sleeper league. I took a screenshot of the rosters and everything. His team, obviously, Dynasty Eeyore. Uh, the league is the Fantasy Football Clinic Fan League. It's a 12-team Superflex PPR where you start nine, quarterback, two running back, two receiver, tight end, two flex, and that's Superflex. 27 roster spots, so it's not super deep. Six taxi, five IR. Now, Corey's team is good. He gave us some of his thoughts here. I feel he feels like he's got a really good roster there's a lot of good teams and I always falter at the playoffs man don't we all I feel you on that one Corey I recently traded Lance for Dak and got two-thirds for Brady my running back room is my biggest concern I'm even willing to trade Swift to make my running back room better uh the other trade other the league uh, sorry the other team in the league TJ Sumter just traded for CMC last week so he's got an RB room that looks vicious I'll go through that in a second but he also won last year and wants to repeat really badly. So I've got the team pulled up, and I want to talk about this this TJ Sumter team before we get into Corey's team, because I, there are very, very few times on Find Me a Trade, I see a team and I just go, that running back room is stacked. He's got CMC, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, and Joe Mixon. I mean, in a 12-team super flex, that is dominant. I love it. Trade Joe Mixon it. now. I don't disagree with that, but we're not here to talk about <laughs> the, TJ's deal. I mean, we're here to talk, to talk about, about all the running
3: backs deal. hitting that sixth year.
4: All of
1: those guys are having issues right now, so maybe you should hold them all. I don't know, but that's TJ's deal. We're not here to find a trade for TJ. Let's find a trade for <sighs> Corey. So Corey, again, super flex. His quarterbacks are Mahomes, Burrow, Walker, and Prescott. Solid quarterback room for a super flex. No hate there. Running back, he's got Swift, Montgomery, Dylan, and it kind of falls off of, of a, Cliff. He's got Dobbins, who's injured, obviously, and Mitchell, uh, who's injured and coming back. Jalen Warren, uh, Latavius Murray, who's putting up some points. But a- again, after those top two guys, it gets, I don't know, it gets kind of bleak. Uh, receivers, I like his receivers. He's got AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman. And then again, falls off a little bit of a cliff, but he's still got e- Elijah Moore, who could do something. Deontay Johnson, who could be something. Uh, he's got uh, Traycon Smith, Greg Dortch, like a couple other names in there, but his receiver group is pretty strong. And then tight end, he's got Zach Ertz, Greg Dolchich, uh Okonkwo, I forgot I always had to say his first name, uh, Isaiah Likely, and then that name we talked about earlier, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, and then he's got, he doesn't have his own first, which I'm fine with if you're contending, but he's got a bunch of picks in 2023. He's got two seconds, uh, three thirds, it looks like, and two fourths, along with a full 2024. So, Scott, let me go to your trade first. I've got a couple of options here, but what would you do for our boy, Koi? How would you help him out?
2: Yeah. So I first gravitated towards uh, a specific name and, uh, and then I saw the logo that was associated mm. with that team and that player happens to play for that team. And so I know mm-hmm. how that typically goes in leagues when you're a fan and your players on there. And uh, it turns out you ended up going that way anyway. So yep. it's a good thing I did it because as you know, I don't look at yours. I'll get into like that. Yep. Months. So perfect. It'll work out. Um, You know, it's, we're getting a screenshot here of rosters. So we're looking at this on the surface, and I don't know records, I don't know points. Oh, nope, we don't know and, anything, yep. I mean, it's important, but we're just looking at it from a different lens right now. So what I did is I tried to find a a team that, you know, there's, there's a specific team here that's really struggling at quarterback. And based on having Stafford, Jameis Winston, Sam Darnold, and Desmond Ritter, Uh, I've got to imagine their, 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 um, record is pretty bad. So with that, I targeted uh, a player on that team. I, I tried to go big with, with going for Chubb. You know, I just don't know if, again, I don't have any context on this league because the rest of his roster is like pretty good. So I don't know if he still feels like he has a shot. I don't know if there's a lot of parody in the league. Again, I don't have that context. So I'm just basing it off the quarterback room being bad. And I'm going to go after a guy like Alvin Kamara that I can get cheap, that can give me the production. Now he's coming off a big game. So I understand yeah. it might be a little bit harder, but maybe you just use that and you just say, well, that was his best game of the season. So if you want to sell him, the time is now. And um, I'm gonna, I am going gonna—I was trying to trade away Dobbins because I don't like Dobbins. I just mm. think his value is too far down at this point. Um, so my, my trade would be uh, David Montgomery and a second. Uh, any one of those seconds, whatever. I don't care if it's an early second. I don't, you know, whatever. Yep. Any any second to the team, Barmore nine one uh, five for Alvin Kamara. So pretty simple there. I just think you get a higher floor and a higher ceiling player. Uh, you're not really giving up anything. And, I mean, you know Kamara's locked in there at least for a couple of years. We don't know what's going to happen with Monty, but he's not going to be a Chicago Bear next year.
1: What do you think, Joe? Is that a trade you would do if you had Kamara? Would you give him up on a rebuilding team for Monty in a second?
3: Uh, the second is intriguing, um, but I personally wouldn't for Monty, but I would like that trade. For, <laughs> if I was giving well, Monty yeah, the yeah. second, for Kamara, right. sure, I would definitely take that trade. Um, if I was a person who had Camara, I would say no, because Monty's not that piece. If It was Herbert and the second rounder. Then I would mm. do that. That's Interesting. Okay. So Cause I, I that... want the, I want the better running back. Herbert's the better running back,
1: regardless of who's Dylan in, in Chicago. As, as a team. That, Dylan in a Corey second. Has, yeah. that has That's Dylan, like a trigger for
3: it? me because because I like Dylan and I'm I'm not ready to give up quite yet. I've just traded
2: Dylan. for so much Dylan. So yeah. I wasn't trading him off this roster because Dil- I'm buying right now. So. Dylan
3: in a second for Camara, I would do. And I think that's one of those, <laughs> this is one of the trades where everybody's happy and unhappy at the same time,
1: which means right. it's a good trade. Well, and again, I think as a rebuilding, go. I think, I, and again, I'm not, not trying to crap on your trade here, Scott. I do think that Dylan has a lot more future value than Montgomery. I think Montgomery yeah, is that's why I'm not trading asset. Him.
4: Right. Well, no, that's why he doesn't we're, want to We're working to, for Corey. We're not I know, working for I know, the other I know. team. I'm just
1: saying, I'm yeah. just saying you might have more luck. If 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 this Montgomery in his second trade doesn't work, maybe if try. that team,
2: if that team manager is smart enough to counter, that's on him. I'm working for Corey <laughs> here. So we're trying to talk 3d, we're trying to talk 3D negotiation. Chess. I negotiated. I
1: totally understand. I'm not, again, I'm not crapping on your trade. It's a fine. I would definitely I would send that right now. Send that trade, Corey. Cause you never know. Somebody might be out there. I got a feeling at least two teams in a 12 team league believe Monty is the guy. The other 10 think it's Herbert, but two of them think it's Monty and maybe this guy's that guy. You never know. Might as well send it. Right. But if he counters with Dylan in a second, would you take that scott and take that like as a counter and be like no. oh, would i send dylan or no
4: no
1: not worth it for camara no i no. would honestly i think i would Let's i would i would like to have camara no. this year if i'm contending and that helps my running back room dylan is gonna be in a timeshare i don't think jones is going anywhere unfortunately and that team just looks bad so i'm not i'm not, I, I'm, I'm fine not to, worried i'm find a bail, this
4: year. No fine fine
1: bail. all right well i know i had a couple of trades that i wanted to bring up and one of them was in the same kind of milieu that you were talking about uh the trade i was coming up with was with ny cat and ny cat has a logo with the new york giants and that says a lot right like okay oh and guess what ny cat also has saquon barkley and i'm like you know what i don't know if this team is contending again like scott said i i don't really see everything we don't have all the notes but his only quarterbacks are murray and jones daniel jones again homer pick kyler murray And nobody after that. His running backs are Barkley. And then after that, he's got Sanders, Singletary Mac. Like it gets bleak. Uh, His receivers, he's got Rondale Moore, Chris Olave. it bleak. Like I can't imagine this team contending. I just can't imagine it being a contender. So I'm looking at it like, even as a Giants fan, I'm speaking as a Bengals fan, but even as a Giants fan, I would send whatever Giants players I have. My my fantasy league is going to, you know, I need to get that money that I'm investing. So my thought is, all right, I'm going to get Barkley. I'm going to have to send a damn good offer to get Barkley. And this is exactly what you were saying. Like you saw the logo and you saw Barkley and you were like, nope, I'm out. I don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. So my trade was to send Dobbins and Pittman for Barkley and Rondale Moore. Now there, there are some people out there that like Dobbins and that they like Pittman. I think both of those are terrific rebuilding assets. I think both of those are down this year, but are going to be great next year. Barkley, who knows? Even as a Giants fan, there are a lot of self deprecating Giants fans. Bobby is one of them who is like, you know what? Barkley's just not going to be the guy. And I just don't think he's going to be there for a while. And then Rondale Moore is the second or third banana in that offense. You know what I mean? Like behind Hopkins and and Marquise Brown. So there is a chance that you could do this even without Rondale Moore. I'd probably still take it. But I think for this year, if I'm trying to contend, I'm willing to overpay for Barkley just to get those points and to try to contend because, again, you're going against that JT Sumter team with those four stud running backs.
2: Yeah, I but mean, his quarterbacks are terrible.
1: Well, okay. JT Sumters, yes, I agree. But when you have good running backs like that, you might be able to lean on that position a little more. Now, granted, they're all you know kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say this too, though. JT Sumter has a ton of running backs, and then his quarterback or sorry, his receivers are Hopkins, Evans, Debo. Julio Thielen, like he's got some of those names, Mike Williams, like he's got some of those names that should be good, but have been underperforming. So it's very possible. Again, I, we don't have records. It's very possible. TJ Sumter is in the middle. Like he, he could be one of those guys who just traded for CMC. He's going in, he's trying to win. Like we just right, heard from right. Corey in his notes. He wants to win. So in my mind, I, I just think if JT Sumter is going in, I got to go into, and I think other teams that see that, that are rebuilding might be willing to let somebody go. They wouldn't have let go. So I don't know. I mean, Joe, yeah. hear, hear me out on this. What are your thoughts on Dobbins and Pittman or Barkley and Rondale? Which would you Which side would you rather? have?
3: Well, if I was a person at Barkley, it wouldn't be enough for me because uh, I'm worried about Dobbins playing, period. Uh, well, again, Pittman, if you're
1: rebuilding, do you care?
3: Yeah, I care because I <laughs> care if I guys already <laughs> had a blown ACL and has struggling coming back from it because not everybody gets rebuilt and is great again. Some guys, Fair. it kills their careers so yeah that's a huge risk um Michael Pittman is a very nice wide receiver who people had high expectations for and it fell flat this year let's be honest it's not I mean the last couple weeks have not been good he's had more wide receiver like 50 finishes than he's got top wide receiver finishes as wide receiver one and you don't want to blame it all on him but at a certain point look we've we've got to put the blame somewhere and we have to realize that they fired the OC, they've got a different quarterback. Who knows what's going to be going next year? Who knows who the coach is next year? It's just too much uncertainty. Barkley by far and away is the most useful piece. And Rondell Moore is a could be a potential useful piece here in the slot these next few weeks, uh, in terms of targets, especially without um without Hollywood Brown around. So to me, I'd rather have Barkley by far. Um, because I think well, he's again, the best asset now and next year. Um and next year
1: too. By, for by the for the record, model. are you are you a New York Giants fan? Hell no! I'm a Patriots fan. <laughs> That's what I, I just want to make sure we clarify that you're not even no. a homer. You're like, no, I hate the Giants, no. and the but strip. it doesn't matter.
3: I am, I am, yeah. I am agnostic when it comes to this
1: That's is right. business, not personal. Right. I agree, right. I, I, I agree. agree. But again, to cut back to the point, where this NY cat has a Giants logo as his sleeper logo, he's gonna care even more than you do. That's my point. Like. You know, he's gonna but look at never it like discount the self-loathing
3: terror. Yeah, but he also could be the kind of Giants fan who's terrified of waiting for Barkley to blow up again. No,
1: I know, I know.
3: So you don't well, know. So there's a chance where it's going to be a hard sell. It's a chance where maybe they're looking to get out, but Dobbins and Pittman doesn't get it done for
1: you. And Barkley's has just been too good this year. So that yeah. was my first trade that I put on there. And I was like, I don't know if that gets done. I would be willing to add a second to that side, to the Dobbins and Pittman and a second for Barkley alone. I'd be willing to do that. I think that's overpaying to the point where that's my limit, I'm out. But the other trade that I had that I thought was at least worth bringing up because again, I agree with you, I think that's probably not enough to get Barkley, but I like I, that's one I would send and just see what happens and if he smash rejects, I don't blame him. You know what I mean? Like I get it. So then I would counter with a different trade entirely, which is just a second for Brian Robinson. Like just add a little, little bit of running back depth for that 2023 20, second and if you're trying to contend, it's probably a late second. For Brian Robinson, Scott, what are your thoughts on that trade? Is that a terrible trade or I'm on the right track of something you might actually do?
2: Um, I don't, I don't think it helps them at all contend. So, I mean, the value is fine. I just, I don't see what it does for him. Like I'm not starting Brian Robinson anywhere for any reason. So,
1: well, I'm saying more like Montgomery is probably not going to be my starter come playoffs, if not sooner. Uh, I, I don't know mm. if Montgomery is going to be the guy it's long-term think... and
2: approach. So we don't know that. I mean, that's, well, and that's exactly that's,
1: what I'm saying. We don't know good. that I, That he, there are definitely going to be weeks where I could look and, and we've seen this. Well, already. Brian Robinson is looking...
2: the third best running back on his team on a pretty shitty team. So I, I disagree with you Montgomery there. Over third
1: best running back on the, on the Washington commanders. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't agree with that, but I'm saying yeah. more like for a second, the values, right. Might as well add another running back to get depth, especially if AJ Dillon isn't performing. Again, I'm not. I'm defending my trade, but at the same time, like yeah. I'm trying to find something I could get for a second that is got upside and could maybe be somebody down the road. Mm. And you don't think you don't think that's what you would do? What would you send yeah. like a second to get? What kind of player would you be targeting for that, Scott?
2: I mean, just somebody with, with more upside. I just don't see him having the upside. I just don't. who has more upside that you <laughs> think you can get not, for a second? I mean, he could he fall into the end zone six times in the second half of the season? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, sure. he can, but. Name another player who couldn't. I mean, I, you know, oh, okay. I mean, other than so, CEH, maybe, but you know, let me like, put it this way Would
1: you rather have uh Brian Robinson or Kareem Hunt? Oh, Hunt, okay. I would you rather call. have Brian Robinson or James Connor? Ugh. Right? <laughs> Neither would you either. rather have Brian Robinson or Zeke? Ugh. Neither. I think all of these guys are worthy of seconds is kind of my, my thought process here. And I'd rather have Robinson than most of them. I'd rather have Robinson than Hunt at this point, even, although I do think Hunt has some good upside. I'm just looking at it like seconds are are not getting you as much as you want when it comes to running backs. That's all I'm saying. So I think if I'm going to send a second, Robinson is the guy with the upside. He's got the potential. He has a low floor, but I like his ceiling. And that's all I'm thinking of there. So I know Joe, you didn't have a trade to, like on the sheet, so to speak, but did you have anything in any of this commentary that you wanted to add into or kind of jump in with? As,
4: well, like, no,
3: I, I mentioned, I mean, like he's already got AJ Dillon, you said, right? Heard on yeah, that. Team. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. I mean, Khalil Herbert's another of these guys that I think is floating around there that has some appeal for the rest of the season, more than people realize, but also a lot more upside for next year. Like that's a yeah. guy that I drafted everywhere this year for nothing. And it's been a nice investment. He's he's gotten some games here, and it's just a matter of time before he, you know, is the guy next year. I think that's so that's good. the dude that well, I would be looking so for. Good.
1: So let's put it this yeah. way then: Would you rather and have? You know, a... they're going to run the football. They're a
3: run. they run heavy attack. Yep. You know that's Twenty three second or Khalil Herbert,
1: Herbert,
3: Herbert, yeah.
1: Right. So ECR on Fantasy Pros has Khalil Herbert at thirty three, Robinson at thirty one. So I'm not saying that's correct. Well, I said the value's are... fine. Right. I just don't
2: think there's. I'll... There's nothing in for Robinson. This is Dynasty ECR.
1: There are plenty of people out there ranking Robinson ahead. And I'm not arguing that that's correct. Again, to clarify, I'm saying if Herbert is 33, you'd rather target Herbert. And I don't blame you. I think that's yeah, a fine. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And again, to clarify in this league for Corey, right, Herbert is owned by Alfredo Brown, who I've followed on Twitter for years. Uh, and he's actually yeah. got on this sheet Khalil Herbert as a trade block. Like tr- Khalil Herbert is someone he is trying to trade. Um, that adds value and interest to me to be like, all right, he's trying to get rid of Herbert. Maybe you send that second for Herbert. Just see what, see what happens. See if it gets done. Right. You never know. There you go. Uh, I think that team too, with Alfredo again, nothing against the man, but his team is not looking solid. He's got Davis Mills, Ellinger love. He's got nobody at quarterback. He's got Ken Walker and that's about it at running back outside of Herbert. He's got pickings he has multiple
2: firsts. He has 423 firsts. So he's obviously Correct. looking next year. So yeah. I mean, Correct. if you can get Herbert, you know, uh, yeah.
1: Well, so Herbert could be a rebuilding asset too, right? Like he could, could be looking at but this he's like on in, the
2: trade blocks. So, and that's what
1: you know. I'm saying. Like he's got this yeah. notification yeah. out to the league. So again, I just wanted to finish with this. I actually did think about Herbert, but I'm like, I think Robinson might be a better pick for me personally, not going by ECR. I didn't look at that till we just got on here. I would rather have Robinson than Herbert because Herbert is still a one A one B that gets messy. Whereas I think Robinson isn't a one B one B where they want Robinson to be the guy. The team wants him to be the guy. As much as you don't like it, Scott, you can turn your nose at me all you want. I like Gibson, but the team doesn't. The that, team that, wants that, Robinson to be the guy. So. Just, you know, I well, I agree I with that too. To they're they're, they're selling the team, so they don't know what they're doing. But no, I with that, I think that's players. I think that's some good advice for you. Hopefully, Corey, you got some good info out of that and can. Uh, run some trades in your league, definitely keep us posted. Tag us on Twitter when you pull something off. I know that you will. I know that you're an active trader. I know you and I DM a lot, and, and obviously you're in DJ2 together with everybody. So keep us posted in the group chat and everything else. Uh, but appreciate you sending that in. If you've got a team that is looking for some help, submit it to Find Me A Trade. Uh, we do these every week, obviously. We'll do them throughout the entire off-season, too. We never stop. Uh, we do a bunch of uh, shows, too, where we do Find Me A Trade Spectaculars, or we do a bunch of them at once. So If you've got a team that you want some help on, submit it through our form on our Twitter. Uh, You can go through our link tree, which is the pinned tweet and submit that there. So with that, I want to make sure that we get out of here on the right note. So Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Give everybody your handle. Tell everybody where they can find you. If they somehow don't know where you are, I don't know what they're doing, but (laughs) where, where can people find you? Because it's what, 17 different jobs you've got now? no well i mean there's a lot of podcasts
3: and a lot of stuff but no it's it's uh look on the fantasy bros podcast and on sports grid tv every sunday but uh it was great to hang out with you guys and you can follow me on twitter at joe Pizza ps17 and uh i like talking the little dynasty it's nice because i think this is the time of year too where we already start thinking about next year which is you know why we're all sick sick
1: human beings that's why we're junkies. Why we're always <laughs> glad to have you on, Joe. You're a junkie just like the rest of us. We love yes, it. All sir. right. Well, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Junkies. You can follow the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if Russ will, and we always will. But at DAP underscore Network on Twitter, uh, you can follow us live on YouTube. We'll, we'll go live a lot of times on Thursday. Not this week, but most Thursdays. Uh, you can follow me at Andrew Hall FF. You can follow Scott at Scott underscore Sidlow. The other two don't get their handles read because they're not on the show. Uh, Make sure you leave a rating and review. Uh, Give us those five stars. Give us those comments. Give us the feedback. Like I said before, submit your team for find me a trade. We love hearing that. Um, Definitely, uh, you know, follow us on YouTube or go live with the whole DAP network. I know there's a bunch of different shows that are kind of on there. fantasy timeline. Who's recording right now, by the way, Uh, trade addicts, obviously terrific podcast and get real with Casey case and the whole crew is great. Uh, I have had a great time, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on. Scott, I I appreciate you coming on with me here. As always, I'll let you take us out of here tonight.
2: Yeah, just sincere appreciation to Joey P for giving us some time in season. We know how hard that is for you, but we we appreciate it. The listeners appreciate it. You're the best, man. (laughs) Likewise. Love you
4: guys.